Gibbity ring, raggedy do. How are you? How are you? How are you, Pat? How are you, Pat? How are you, Pat? My name is Britton and your name is Pat. <laughs> Skibbity toilet. I'm doing great, Brit. Skibbity toilet, you say? Skibbity toilet. That's what the kids are into. Skibbity toilet? You never heard of skibbity toilet? No, what's skibbity toilet? <laughs> well, let me tell you. Okay, there's a war happening between skibbity toilets and the radio men. <laughs> You never, never seen any of this? No, I have no idea. What you're saying is absolute <laughs> fucking nonsense to me. Absolute fucking nonsense. It's uh, something not not Zoomers are into, but the generation after the younger children. It's a, like there's a war between like toilets that have human heads coming out of them, uh-huh. and toilets are really evil, and yeah. they're going. They're saying like a skibbity stuff, and then like there's like these other, and they're fighting like these. The, and like the toilets are evil and then there's like these guys with like radio heads that are the good the band guys. radio head the band radio tom head. york <laughs> is the good guy and they're okay. the good guys uh-huh. and they're fighting the skibbity toilets and they <clears> go around <throat> and they have to flush the toilet which seems like a very seems like that's a built-in like weakness of these things that i feel they would easily be defeated so they just got to go but the toilets are they go around destroying these cities and stuff and like this, and like so, but then like the radio men have to go and flush the toilet, and it flushes the head <laughs> Patrick. down into the thing. I gotta call your psychiatrist. I <laughs> guess what? I don't have one. You're, I'm going. I'm, uh, I'm taking on reality. Wrong. You are clearly schizophrenic. <laughs> this is a real this thing. This is not a real thing. This Patrick. is a real thing. Skibbity toilet. Skibbity toilet is real. <laughs> They're real to me. <laughs> Skibbity toilet is something you say before you expose yourself in public and claim to be god <laughs> i always think about it when you when you go the skibbity do i always think about skibbity toilet and i can say yeah. that's not a thing man. it is a thing that can't possibly be a thing all right after this i want you to look up skibbity toilets I and refuse. you're going to go down a hole you're going to go down a hole oh i'm going uh, down a hole later you know what i a mean skibbity toilet hole <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't know about this. I'm too old to know about skibbity toilets. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is yeah. like, I, I almost don't believe you because like <laughs> you have no reason. Like you have a, if you, if you had a kid or even like a nephew you were close to, mm-hmm. that'd, be, that'd be, that'd be like, fine. Okay. You learn yeah. this through a kid, but no, no, I know you're not like close with any children in your life. No. I have so, my nieces, but yeah, we don't. They don't. They're, they're, they're not skibbity toilet pill. They're not. They're not skibbity toilet pill. No. 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 Yeah, I don't think they know. The about radio head core. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they know about the skibbity toilet war that's happening. No. Right. Do you think? Do you think the skibbity toilet war? Do you think the skibbity toilets are Israel? You know what? Yes, because the skibbity toilets are seen to constantly. They're they're very well funded and have a lot of arsenal. Mm. And so they, they arsenal, arsenal. arsenal. Oh my god! Butts go on the skibbity toilet. Yeah, because they're sewn. They have like they can fly. They have oh, like no. they have like rocket launchers attached to can, the sides of the you, toilet. Can you poop in them though? No, you don't poop in the skibbity toilet because if you flush them, they die. So oh, like wow. so, so the toilets do they, like, aren't even, disappear. Or do they like turn into real uh, toilets? How do they head, die? Their head swirls around and then goes in, and then the skibbity toilet dies. Like, does it disappear though? Like, what happens to it? It does its body? disappear. It, it flu- the head gets flushed down, and then like it just the toilet just falls over. So then it just becomes a regular toilet. But oh, so to- it becomes a regular toilet is what you're saying. So it doesn't yeah. disappear. 
you can yeah. take a shit in it after you kill oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know what? I guess you could take a shit in it. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's why they're fighting because the radio men. So perhaps <laughs> what I'm thinking here is the toilets just unionized finally. Mm. And I don't oh. think they're the bad guys. That could be true because I think like, they're the bad guys because of our colonialist fucking, you know, mm. world hegemony fucking you know empire perspective yeah because like at first like the skibbity toilets are saying are shown to be the size of normal toilets mm -hmm. but then when other videos they constantly shown to be getting larger and larger where they're actually po like a single skibbity toilet can can pose a direct threat to entire cities like they are huge they're like okay. they're basically godzilla sized right and the radio guys they also increase in size along with the skibbity toilet so there's this constant hmm. like arms race between a the size war toilets. yes yeah that's what's going on with penises right now and it also shows like maybe the radio men because the toilets are trying to become too large for the radio men to use after they flush them right and but so the radio men are also like getting larger uh -huh. so they can also take shits and the skibbity toilets after they kill them okay yeah interesting theory yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not too well versed in skibbity toilet lore. I mean, I, right. I, I it seems I think like you I are. am. It I seems think like honestly, I am. <laughs> you just like you just like broke down an entire universe and answered all of the questions I had about it. <laughs> I think you're qualified. I think you're a qualified skibbity toilet professor. All right, I'm ba I'm ba I am the skibbity toilet professor. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if anyone's listening at home, I'm not insane. <laughs> if everyone's wondering if this is this is real, mm -hmm. it is real. There's a skibbity yeah. toilets. Take my word on it. Yeah. Like, look up. Do Bush, do did, Bush did skibbity do toilet. Do it, Patrick. Do it, Patrick. Do it. skibbity toilet. Patrick, do it. Do it. You are God. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Right. Yeah, become the exhibit you toilet professor. Why are you saying do it? I don't know. Do what? What? Join the skibbity toilet war. Are you hearing things again, Patrick? <laughs> yes, I am. Are you, are you hearing things in your head? Why are you holding that knife? Why are you holding that toilet? <laughs> Put my toilet down, Patrick. Didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. It's just covered in piss. <laughs> Yeah. From the skibbity toilet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you do with the dried piss on your toilet? Lick it off. Cool. It's <laughs> the right answer, baby. It's the only way to clean it. The only yeah. way to make sure it's clean is use the old, uh, either use the toothbrush and then use it to brush your teeth mm -hmm. or just like use the tongue. Oh, yeah. The yeah. tongue The tongue is nature's cleaning device. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Um, are you looking at nudes? No. I think you're looking at nudes. Man. I'm not looking at nudes. Were you look? I think you were looking at nudes. I was not looking put, at nudes. Put your nudes away for the podcast, brother. Because <laughs> you know what we're doing today is we're reviewing 2005's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm. Yeah. So this movie was directed, uh, so it was released in 2005 uh, on April 28th, a couple weeks after my birthday. Mm. Oh, we're doing Hitchhikers? Yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide nice. to the Galaxy. That's uh, I think that's what I said. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've never saw this movie. Hopefully you watched it for the podcast. I did. Okay, good. So you did see this movie. <laughs> but I didn't see it. Like, it's released. I, I, I was, like, trying to think of, like, when it was released. And when mm -hmm. I saw it was 2005, I'm like, damn, what was I doing? I didn't see this. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, 
budget for this movie was uh, actually take a guess what do you think his budget for this was in 2005 it seemed pretty high to me it is actually pretty high i'm gonna guess a little less than 100 million it's uh, actually 45 to 50 million oh so, that's not bad, yeah. yeah yeah not not terrible but still like it's a lot for you know um 2005 mm-hmm. that's probably yeah, yeah. that's probably on par with most movies now yeah yeah like re, you know considering inflation and stuff mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. it was probably it, you know it'd probably be a couple hundred i wonder what that would be the inflation calendar yeah uh you don't need to do that uh <laughs> how much do you think it made at the box office not a lot i don't remember it doing well it actually did pretty well really uh, 105 million so it more than doubled its its budget interesting which is uh for any movie is pretty good which is strange that they it's a like, success um they never made any sequels yeah because there's like four sequel books to mm-hmm. this which yeah. Uh, you, I think you were saying earlier you haven't read any of them. I've you know? not read them. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't. They're very like yeah. very like something you would read. They're like a silly book, they like s- Confederacy of Dunces. Like seem, I put them in the same category. They seem like a um, a sci-fi Terry Pratchett. Yeah, yeah. I mean Terry Pratchett did some sci-fi. I mean, yeah. Ringworld is all sci-fi. Yeah, so. yeah Ringworld sci-fi. So I, I also kind of think of it more as fantasy, almost in a sense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is a lot of fantasy. It yeah. gets into a lot of stuff, though. It's a big ass series. Yeah. Um. So this movie was directed by Garth Jennings, who is best known as a music video director, and he directed a ton of actually pretty big music videos, mm. uh, especially in Britain, by like bands like Blur. Uh, Fatboy Slim, stuff like mm. that in the 90s. So he was actually a very like on-call music video director. I was going to say, did he do like the one Fatboy Slim music video I was thinking of? Like, no, wait, that was famously done by Spike Jones. Yeah, yeah, Spike Jones did the two huge ones of his. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, one the one Christopher Walken. And also the one where uh, he leads the dance, because Spike Jones is actually the guy who does the dance in uh, Praise You. Oh, really? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, interesting. And that's actually him like mm. in that bus station or whatever they did it mm. in. Which is pretty fun. It's fun. Um, so yeah, Garth Jennings. Uh, he didn't really direct more. He's directed a lot of TV after this, but not really that many more feature films. Mm-hmm. He did uh, Son of Rambau. Did oh, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, uh, and he brought a lot of people along with him, including the guy who made music for this film. And a lot of these people were like first-time kind of like filmmakers. Um, the guy who did the music, uh, the guy who directed it. Um, yeah. It was uh, yeah first first time for a lot of them, which is kind of mm. interesting. Um, so yeah, you want to? Oh, and should we talk about the cast or just go at them as we go through the movie? Yeah, let's go through the movie. Yeah. So, movie starts off and it says that uh, humans are the third most intelligent species on Earth, mm-hmm. after mice and then dolphins. Or well, dolphins it, doesn't, and mice. it doesn't reveal mice. At that's first. true. That's it, true. It's it like the second is the dolphin. Yeah, and uh, it plays a song called "So Long and Thanks for All the Fish." I love this song. <laughs> it's it's so corny, and it plays it an corny. extended version at the very end as yeah. well. And I, it's I, so corny. I love the song. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I I was. It had me hook, line, and sinker mm-hmm. because I love dolphins. I love like absurd dolphin singing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, just like the very bizarre song. Absurd. You love absurd dolphin singing. Yes. You're you're <laughs> telling me you're really not schizophrenic. Like, yeah. come on. All right. I love it when they hang out with the skibbity toilets. I love that kind of shit. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I want a skibbity toilet dolphin party. Give me that skibbity toilet dolphin party. <laughs> no, that, that that beginning scene was was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, yeah. So basically, the dolphins just all fly up into space. 
Yes. Um, yeah. They're just, like it's like they found their own way to space, mm-hmm. and like yeah. And I think the narrator is Stephen Fry. If I'm it is Stephen Fry. I was yeah. just gonna mention that. Yeah. yeah this like, is this the cast of this movie is fucking stacked. It is stacked. Like from head to toe. I'm guessing they probably spent most of their money, most of their budget, just on like people because like mm-hmm. there's a lot of like a-listers in here yeah yeah no, or was, like high b-listers and i was surprised also they kind of like i think misused um warwick davis yeah they did because i i i did because like um he doesn't have an actual part per se he's just the guy in the suit yeah we'll 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 talk about that yeah because he's been that role before he's been that role before but like i just i don't think like that role was really expanded enough to justify warwick davis in it you know, we love to see little actors getting roles, so yeah. we'll take it. It's yeah, fine. But I think he would have done an excellent voice. Warwick Davis is the Doug Jones of being short. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he like, also, but you know, like yeah, Doug Jones, he was kind of screwed over in um, um, Hellboy mm-hmm. because um, the first Hellboy movie, like Doug Jones was um, Abe Sapien, yeah. and his voice got dubbed over by David Hyde Pierce. Oh, interesting. And um, it's a good voice, though. David Hyde Pierce has a great. Voice. It's a very good voice, especially but especially for like the Hellboy movie universe, Abe Sapien. Mm-hmm. And I think they rectified that in the sequel, where I guess they realized, you know, Doug Jones, Doug Jones is a great actor. Great actor. So yeah. they act, so um, Doug Jones was able to do his voice for nice. the sequel. Yeah. Nice. So. Um. Immediately, we have Art, uh, Martin Freeman is Arthur Dent, mm-hmm. who is like the 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 the, the main character um, protagonist of this entire series. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a, a, just a human, you know, with a little house somewhere in England, and they're trying to build a highway through his house. Mm-hmm. He wakes up to the sound of uh, backhoes and stuff, going to tear down his house to build a bypass. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, Ford Prefect, a friend of Arthur's, played by Yasin Bey, uh, probably better known to people as Most Def. Yeah, I didn't realize Most Def changed his name. Yeah, yeah, he's Muslim. Yeah, yeah, to Yas- yeah, to Yasin Bey until I looked him up because like I was thinking about him um, recently because I had uh, a clip from um, Be Kind Rewind was making its rounds. Uh, I actually kind of like Be Kind Rewind. Yeah, me I, too. I saw that in the theater, mm-hmm. and I was so stoned that at the end of the movie, I was like. <laughs> what happened (laughs) (laughs) but i was thinking about him recently and then like he appeared and i was like oh yeah like why isn't he acting more i think he's He's good he's He's good he was also i think was it on assault on precinct 13 the remake of that or something or 13 blocks or something Mm. like that i think it was 13 blocks was Mm. the name of the film oh i I want to say bruce willis or something like that oh was he yeah interesting i never saw that movie yeah very good yeah but uh, yeah like he's very good at just playing very 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 like silly eccentric characters very eccentric characters and like so yeah his i thought his performance in this was really good he was yeah no honestly like the entire cast is very good at their jobs oh yeah 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 uh we'll we'll get into that but like i i i think there's like a clear like winner in performance in this film Mm mm-hmm and it's Sam Rockwell. Yeah, absolutely. He's so he takes he, he steals every scene. He's I in. love I love Sam Rockwell. Like mm-hmm. I don't I think he's underutilized a lot. Like I love yeah. I love Moon. I think Moon's a great movie. Honestly, um, I honestly don't think he should be cast as a leading man as much. He's a better character actor. He looks yeah. like a leading man, but he's so good at weird characters. He is, and I do like, and, and I think he does. Doesn't he go on and play um, George W. Bush and, and something else? 
because I feel he does kind of like a George W. Bush impression almost for hmm. his char- for this character and um, a little and, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's little a little bit of that mixed with uh, Camancho from um, Idiocracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's definitely yeah. It's definitely Camancho slash George W. Bush type character. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Ford Prefect brings a cart full of beers and peanuts for the workers and is like, hey, beers for everyone if you don't tear the house down. Uh, And so they go and take a beer break. Um, He explains, uh, they go to the pub. He he gets Arthur to go to the pub with him Mm -hmm. and he orders six pints of bitter. (laughs) Uh, And he's like, really at lunchtime? And he's like, yeah, the world's going to end. Uh, and he says he's an alien from the vicinity of Beetlejuice and a journalist working on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a universal guidebook. Uh, Ford warns that the Earth is to be demolished later that day by a race called the Vogons to make way for a hyperspace bypass. Mm. So now, you know, they, uh, they're going to get destroyed no matter what. His house is going to get destroyed. Poor Arthur. Yeah. Arthur has a flashback where he meets Zoe Deschanel, uh, who gives him a fake name. Sam Rockwell shows up, and he's kind of awesome. Total Chad. Yeah. He's just like, want to go to my spaceship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to say Zoe Deschanel, she does not age. She seems like she's an immortal. No, she's she's constantly like 24 years old, and she always yeah. has been. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if she's a Highlander. She's like, she's getting the adrenochrome. Yeah, she's getting adrenochrome. Yeah, people are like Bill Clinton. I'm like Bill Clinton is a fucking skeleton. Like <laughs> yeah. that yeah. dude like has more wrinkles than his ball sack. Yeah, he he has he is not uh, doing adrenochrome. If he mm-hmm. is, he's doing the wrong kind. Yeah, he's um, doing the old man adrenochrome. He's, he's not doing the Zoe Deschanel adrenochrome. Yeah, they're taking it from like a baby, but the baby is Benjamin Button, <laughs> and the baby hasn't been terrified. To yeah. make the adrenochrome. True, true. So, like, it's just, he's just getting that bootleg adrenochrome that's from non-scared babies. Mm-hmm. Or not, maybe not Non-scared baby men. Not, non-scared baby men. So, it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, you got that. You have to scare the baby in order to extract the adrenochrome. Right. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's it, it's flat. It's like flat mm-hmm. Pepsi. But I would I would say Zoe Deschanel is probably, like, I think, I, I like the Highlander theory. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, because, like, I don't see her sucking the fear out of children. True. Like, I don't know. Yeah, she's she's too, like, cute. Yeah. She's, she's a very I mean, adorable person. Yeah, like, I, I can't see her biting into a back of an infant's neck and but sucking out that, this fear. That's, that's what makes her the best candidate to do it, is you never that's expect true. her. You never expect uh, yeah. Zoe Deschanel to, to mm-hmm. eat a uh, baby. It's like the, you know, the, the teen girl on um, Interview with the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, true. Right. Yeah. At least last person you'd expect. Mm-hmm. So, as the Vogon fleet arrives in orbit to destroy Earth, Ford rescues Arthur by uh, putting his thumb up with, like, this ring on it, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it like, sends a light up into the sky, and it's a hitchhiking device uh, for getting them on board ships, and they get on board one of the Vogon ships, and they're stowaways. Uh, the Vogons announce that they're destroying the planet and commence demolition, and uh, the people of Earth are like, wait, that's not fair. And uh, they make a call back because earlier mm-hmm. Arthur was talking to the people trying to demolish his house. And they're like, oh, we had the plans posted up at the office. And he's like, but they were in the basement. I had to go to the basement to see them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the Vogons are like, uh, yeah, we've had the plans up uh, for 50 years in our, our basement office. Yeah, like or Alpha Centauri or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very yeah, just like just like the cruel bureaucracy that like the Vogons and just like, you know, they're in place of, you know our own mm-hmm. <laughs> just like just show how cruel and 
bureaucratic and evil like our soul our systems are mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and um so uh maybe we should start talking a little bit about like how this relates to the book mm -hmm. why it was made into the movie why maybe they didn't make more movies mm. uh so you didn't read the book i, I read i read all the books when i was younger i don't remember everything about them mm -hmm. i feel like this movie though when i first saw it i was like yeah it actually gets m most things right Hmm. Um, the thing about the book that's what I asked you because I was like looking mm -hmm. I was doing some research I was just like it says like there are deviations from the book there are and I was just like oh so because I'm wondering if it's sort of like a, a naked lunch type situation no <laughs> no it's not naked lunch naked lunch like the movie and the book are not the same piece completely of completely different they're not the same piece of media at all no no like, like the movie's coherent <laughs> yeah, the movie kind of has a storyline, and it's, it's kind of modeled after William Cronenberg, right? Yeah, it's Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's modeled kind of modeled after William S. Burroughs' life, right? Or, and right. More of taking elements from the book, because like I read the book, I'm like, oh, I love the movie. I'm gonna love the book. And I'm just like, it's just like the book's kind of the a man mess. is hung from from and and the sperm falls on the floor. And it's like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, keep going. I'm almost finished. Yeah, I was, I was reading because like, yeah, the book was kind of a put together by William S. Burroughs' friends. Uh, Jack Kerouac and Ellen Ginsberg. Uh, fucking, I want to say, Burroughs was on a bender, yeah. heroin bender down in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. and But he had like this advance to write this book, and so the fucking publishing company was like, get someone down there, get his fucking friends down there. So mm -hmm. Kerouac and... Uh, and Ginsburg, both on tons of drugs themselves at the <laughs> yeah. time, went down there and just pieced together like a bunch of his writings into yeah. a semi-coherent mm -hmm. work of fiction that's yeah. nah, really like kind of a mess. Yeah. But, but it was big. It was, it was a big, big. Yeah, people liked it because people were on fucking drugs and shit. I love that. We should review that movie. I love that movie. Well, if the people vote for it, we can, we'll get into that. Yeah. I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, so fuck democracy. We get the opening credits now, uh, and actually, I really like the music in this movie by Joby Talbot. Mm. Uh, they didn't work on much ever again. They worked on uh, Son of Rambo, mm. um, and then they've worked on like a few television things and a couple other movies, but nothing major, okay. which is kind of surprising. Uh, a lot of a lot of people in this movie never really had great success afterwards. Except for the actors, like the oh actors yeah, all the actors. Yeah. Were, I mean, you know, they were already super successful before this, yeah. though. So, except for maybe Zoe Deschanel, I don't remember her really coming out of the scene until maybe the early two thousands. So yeah, she 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 uh, did that one. Was it um, Gossip Girl or whatever? No, no, not Gossip Girl. Uh, the girl, no. Uh, the girl something. The girl next door. No. The, uh, uh, no, I know what you're talking about. Um. Yeah, the girl show. The girl. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> this fall, one girl, one girl, one show. The girl show. I never watched it. I was just like, and eh, doesn't seem not my tempo. But mm -hmm. uh, but but she has a lot of stuff. Yeah, like um uh, lot, lots of movies that that require like a like a like large blue eyes to be staring at you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she's like in the romantic comedy is like the the, yeah. the, the cute girl next door who mm -hmm. like looks up at you before she kisses you oh, yeah. yeah she was an elf yeah she was an elf i guess she was pretty big at this point then because yeah. elf was around here yeah I think. I think elf just had its like 20 odd year anniversary so okay wild yeah. so um 
Ford Prefect tells Arthur that Earth was destroyed and gives him a towel for survival and er introduces him to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Arthur and Ford are shortly discovered and are tortured, or they try to torture them with Vogon poetry, <laughs> uh, which is supposed to be the third worst poetry in the entire galaxy. Mm. But it has no effect on Arthur, and they are thrown out of an airlock to die until they are picked up by the starship Heart of Gold. Um, I really like the design of the Vogons here. I think they're yeah. they're pretty well muppeted up. Yeah, I was, I, it took me a while to realize they were actually Muppets and not just regular British people. <laughs> Goddamn fucking bodied, baby. Yeah, they just look like old British men. Yeah, which you're is not big, wrong. It makes sense because they are this British British writer, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of British influences on like. Oh a lot yeah, of the it's, alien it's a British man making fun of British culture through yeah. through the. The, the, the lens of mm. a comedy sci-fi yeah. thing. So now they're on the starship Heart of Gold. Mm -hmm. And there they find Ford's semi-cousin, Zaphood Beeblebro. <laughs> yeah. Do you think do you think it's okay for them to have sex if they're semi-cousins? What are you doing, semi-cousin? Well, I think they said they have two of the same mothers. Okay, so do you think it's okay for them to have sex? Tell me why not. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're more brothers than cousins, but you know, I, but I'm not sure about how the alien stuff works. So, well, yeah, yeah, you're not. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta think outside the box, and by box, I mean the human vagina. You gotta think outside the buns. Oh, the yeah. buns that they're gonna be having sex with. Yeah, the hamburger buns. Yes. <laughs> but what do you think would be like the best bread to ha try to have sex with? You think maybe like poking a hole in a baguette? Maybe Ma make that a make that a faggot. Maybe like a sourdough bowl. Why a sourdough bowl? It's, it's big. It's fluffy. Okay. I guess it's cr too crusty though. It is a little crusty, but I feel like you want a crusty like opening, so that's like kind of more like mm, it won't it won't oh, instantly collapse. Exactly, it won't just like get wet and like disintegrate. Mm, I right. feel you. I feel you. Yeah, yeah it's going to be, yeah, it's hard, you know, you know, sound off in the comments, whether, <laughs> like what bread you would have sex with. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> let us know. Uh, let know, us know on the discord. What's, yeah. what bre what's bread you would have sex with? Yeah. <laughs> You're going for sourdough bowl. I'm going for everything bagel. Everything bagel. I like, I like it when. I like it when them poppy seeds get up in my urethra. I feel that would be too rough. That's a thing. Like that's, I, was that's to, what I, was, I like a rough. Baby. I think like a soft dinner, like a bunch of soft dinner rolls together would be nice. Oh, you just get a, like a pile of King's Hawaiian rolls. Oh yeah, that would, I think that'd be yeah, that's the best because <laughs> it's like because I think anything else would be too abrasive. Yeah, just uh, get a big pile of King's Hawaiian rolls, pour some turkey gravy all up on there, <laughs> make it like a mashed potato volcano. Mm -hmm. Stick it in. So unfortunately, I don't think King's Hawaiian rolls are vegan, so I don't think they're not. Can, no. No. no, nope. Damn. Bummer. Oh, I should make some vegan um, King's Hawaiian rolls. They're, that's not possible. Probably not. I made some really good uh, dinner rolls for Thanksgiving. They're really, no. they're really fucking good. Yeah, they want, it's it's actually illegal. The government will let <laughs> yeah. you make the, vegan the, King's Hawaiian rolls. The state rolls. of Hawaii will, will, yeah, will, the, would execute me. Yeah, they'll send a guy <laughs> in a Hawaiian shirt and a hula skirt to your house and fucking murk you, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Yeah, I'm like, is that Israel's what is his name? Like the the singer oh, of of big uh, it, cousin is yeah, yeah big cousin is the guy never died. I'm here to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill you with my ukulele. 
Yeah, he'd he'd be a good person to uh, to bring back. Yeah, I think so. I think he'd be a awesome zombie. Hmm. Or just like bring him back to full life. You know, I think no. he has. Some, I think he has another song in him. We need more fat zombies. Mm. We don't really have any like really fat zombies that I can think of. Not really. I mean, I guess in like the Left for Dead type video games, there's one called Bloaters that are kind mm-hmm. of chubby. Yeah. Yeah. Did you jerk off bloater? You think he's bloated because his balls got too uh, he's big? He's full of like acid or something. So. I think he's full of cum. <laughs> yeah. I think his balls got too big and now he's full of cum. He uh, just he just needs someone to give him like three strokes and he's going to become a normal zombie. It's kind of like how like you know a lot of ghosts they appear because there's like unfinished <laughs> business in life. Yeah. And so like the bloaters are full of cum because they didn't yeah. have sex enough. And right. And, he's and like, during brain, wildlife. Brain. Brain. <laughs> I want to brain. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's like they're just trying to bust. So yeah, I can see that trying to fulfill like things he didn't fulfill in life. Yeah, we never talk about like the ghosts who have unfinished sexual business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what's it called does um what we do in the shadows has an episode about that kind of. Okay, yeah, they go a lot of places. Yeah, like um like uh what's his face Matt Berry has sex with his own ghost. Mm-hmm. Like he's like I died before I was able to come. <laughs> and, so, and so then like he jerks him off and that's him pretty cool yeah <laughs> uh so we learn now that uh zap hood beeble bro is the newly elected president of the entire galaxy which i think it kind of explains his sort of like george w bush inflection that he has a lot mm-hmm. he kind of he kind of rotates um accents a bit well yeah because he has different heads and... he has different heads but also just like his main head he, he right. sounds very george w bushish mm-hmm. for a while then he sounds other and, and he also kind of is very dumb yeah <laughs> he plays he plays it very dumb so mm-hmm. yeah and sam rockwell just i can't tell you enough how great he is in this role he is like after having like read the books recently when i watched this movie i was like that was like perfect casting mm-hmm. i can't think of anybody else in that role to be honest yeah i mean maybe like jim carrey or something but that he would have overdone it yeah he probably would have yeah mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i think like yeah sam, sam rockwell does have that sort of like brashest hands you know he's like handsome but in a very like roguish way and yeah almost like a younger george clooney type mm-hmm. feeling yeah know. he's 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 kind of like a guy that definitely looks like a charming shithead yeah yeah like a guy who would wear a suit and like put his brow down at you to try to get his way he's like hey baby i got a spaceship you want to go check it out yeah i got a spaceship in the bottle <laughs> you me and the bottle makes three That's so creepy. Yeah. This has been the Soy Trek Creepy Hour. Um, creepy ASMR just for you. So uh, Happy Z- nightmares. <laughs> Zaphid Beeblebro has stolen uh, the Heart of Gold along with uh, Trisha McMillian, also known as Trillian. Mm-hmm. An Earth woman who Arthur had met previously, who we saw in the flashback, played by Zoe Deschanel. And they also meet Marvin the Paranoid Android. Mm-hmm. From the Radiohead album. Yeah. Yep. Paranoid Android. Yeah, voiced by Alan Rickman. Yeah, voiced by Alan Rickman. And in the suit, none other than Warwick Davis, mm-hmm. also known as Willow. Yeah. Also known as the fucking little Ewok yeah. in fucking Return of the Jedi and the Ewok special and all those things. Which I, it does make me sad. Like, I love Alan Rickman, but mm-hmm. also, like, 
you know, I, I, I do feel like Warwick Davis is kind of like screwed over a bit, just like yeah, because he's a fine actor. He's a fine actor, and like I, I don't know if you ever seen um, Life's, Life's Too, Too Short. Short. I just like, put it on my server. It's I great. love yeah. that show. And it's like, very funny. I mean, it's so funny because like, I think he would he, he shows in that like he kind of based, he's got like, range. Yeah, he plays like sort of like a curb your enthusiasm version yeah, of himself, right? And so he's able to have that sort of like dickishness mm-hmm. he's able to convey that dickishness and like just frustration very well and i think mm-hmm. i think he would have done a fine job also being the voice yeah but you know alan rickman does have a distinctive voice yeah he but. does i'm i'm kind of annoyed when he's like oh yes mr potter <laughs> yes mr potter but yeah i don't think marvin's role in this film is that large no and I f- he does play a larger role in the book yeah that's what i was guessing like but like um but i feel like you know you could have like gotten away with warwick davis playing doing both you know um both parts of that or you could have just made him really big and put alan rickman in the robot costume yeah well is that the thing is like is is marvin very short in the in the books yeah yeah he's a little robot yeah so uh but marvin's a clinically depressed robot uh, Arthur definitely has a thing for Trillian, and they have a moment here. They won't fuck, or he wants to fuck her. Maybe yeah, she it, wants to fuck him. I don't know. It is very coincidental that he like um, is talking about her right before the world's blown up, and she's the only other human survivor. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, and also like it's that's convenient. One, that's one thing like I I I kind of didn't like about this um, movie is that there's a lot of importance. Um, put on like just their chance meeting at a party yeah i mean that that's kind of the crux of the film is like yeah uh the one and only kind of thing yeah, yeah. i don't feel like i don't i don't know it's just like just to have that fleeting moment at a party and then like you know he's kind of like almost later like shaming her for like going off with um zephoid is that his yeah. name zephoid zappin zappin zap zaphod 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 Zaphod's like it's just like it's like you talk to her for like five minutes at a party, dude. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you have no, you're like she's she's her own person. You can't just be like you walked off with that with that no. really handsome swa- guy no. with swag. You don't know the rule where if you talk to a girl for five to ten minutes at a party, you own them. Oh, I forgot about that. It's it's the, the right of parties. <laughs> yes, it's the right of parties. Yeah, it's like I talked to you for ten minutes at a party, so we're married now. Yeah, <laughs> put the ring on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just that whole that whole relationship between them kind of felt like kind of creepy and like and i felt like him kind of like being shitty to her about that was mm-hmm. kind of unnecessary it was uh i think that was that happened in the book though and it, you mm-hmm. know the book was written in like the 60s or 70s so it's it's by a white british man yeah. and so even you know though it's making fun of a lot of things that deserve to be made fun of uh, it still has some worldviews and things like that yeah. that I feel like are kind of outdated. I did read uh, apparently that blonde woman at the bar in the beginning yeah. was the woman who played Trillian in the uh, oh. radio show. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, there's like the there's like a blonde woman just staring at um, Ford and um, and mm-hmm. Arthur and the bar, and that's yeah, that's the and I guess like the director like actually didn't know that when no shit <laughs> yeah. that's kind of funny it just happened that way and that's wild that's so funny mm-hmm. so zapid who has multiple faces with different personalities and they're all played very well mm-hmm. uh introduces ford to the pan galactic gargle blaster the best drink in existence <laughs> uh and um ford asks him about the multiple head thing and zapid explains that you can't be president with a full brain mm. and so he split them between multiple brains mm. which 
Okay. That's an interesting <laughs> commentary, I guess. It's yeah. not not that clever. Yeah. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Trillian shows Arthur a knife that toasts bread while you slice it, and also a lot of other nifty inventions. That I would like. Yeah, that would be cool. I don't, we could do that now. Why don't we? Because I feel like it's kind of... Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you're making a very hot electric knife. Mm, that sounds dangerous. That's a fire hazard. That's a big hazard altogether. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. I, I mean, I watched that and I was just like, ooh, I want some toast right now. I want a sandwich. I want a club sandwich. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> they do make a thing called a, f- a fucking toaster. I put uh, I put um, those um, hash brown patties in the toaster today. How, how was that? Good. Came out good. Came out good. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was going to start a fire or not. <laughs> yeah, because it does have some oil that drips down. Yeah, it started sizzling a bit, and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, you ever <laughs> been to a sizzler? I don't think so. I think they're basically extinct. There is one near yeah, South Center Mall, there, I yeah, think. Uh, there was. They, they think they took that one. Oh, uh, they didn't get yeah, yeah, the sizzler's gone. Oh, poor sizzler. They do, do, is this the where they reference the sizzler? No. No. I watched a movie. Re- oh, what the? There they reference a sizzler. I was just like, mm, yeah, sizzler. No, I don't think the sizzler uh, existed in like 1970s Britain. <laughs> Probably not. No. So, uh, Zapod, uh, we find out, is seeking the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything, which is also the name of one of the uh, resulting sequel novels mm. of these. Um, to match the disappointing answer given by the supercomputer Deep Thought. And it has a scene where Deep Thought, who is played by the wonderful Helen Mirren, the oh, very Helen hot Mirren. Helen Mirren, uh, gives an answer to the uh, question of life, universe, and everything. And that answer is 42, mm-hmm. being that they don't know the question in the first place. So Zappet believes the answer lies on the planet Magratha only accessible using the Heart of Gold's improbability drives through trial and error. And the improbability drives basically just send you somewhere random, mm-hmm. like in space and time. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, talking about the um, probability of things happening that just ha- just happened, mm-hmm. just, like, by coincidence. And I, I thought there was going to be more kind of, like, because, like, it seems like Arthur is the center of a lot of these coincidences that are yeah. just like ba- almost impossible. But he's the one. He's like oh, yeah. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he's the one. Yeah, because like it's like it demonstrates how how improbable it would be to be picked up in the middle of dead space. Which also like they give wrong information on how you can survive in open space. They say take a big breath of air and oh no, <laughs> yeah. oh no, they got it wrong. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> got space survival wrong. No, yeah. but like because like in in, sp- in in space, like air just tries to escape your body mm-hmm. like instantly, like it just tries to go out from all directions. So and so you need to you need to do all your farts before you leave the do air. Do all like. your farts, get, like get all the air out of your body, and then, mm-hmm. and then go into deep space. But yeah, but um, but now nah, like I, I I thought there was going to be more on just like the improbability of all of these events surrounding Arthur happening, and mm-hmm. I don't think there is at the, at the end. Do you think you can gape in space, or would that like collapse you? <sighs> You know what? I'm not an expert. <laughs> Only one way to find out. Yeah. Fire up the rocket. If you gape in space, can anyone hear you? <laughs> can anyone in space, hear you? no one can hear you gape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you would be the only one that knows. You know, if someone mm-hmm. gapes in the forest, is anyone around there to smell it? 
I mean, a gape doesn't necessarily smell like anything. <laughs> I mean, if you douche well, it smells like, like nothing. Mm. Like, a well-douched butt rocks. Mm. That shit clean as a whistle. Thick as a thistle. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, um, so on one attempt of using the improbability drive, they arrive at Vitvoodle 6, where Zapid's opponent, Hamakuvla, played by motherfucking John Malkovich mm-hmm. resigns. John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. John Malkovich. No, that was bad. Uh, Kevula <laughs> offers the coordinates of uh, Magrathia in exchange for Zapod recovering the point of view gun, which is a gun created by Deep Thought that makes anyone it blasts temporarily see things from the shooter's perspective. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I, what would you do with that? Hmm. Man, I guess I would just use it to shoot, you know. You know, I'd use this fictional gun to shoot, you know, a lot of, like, heads of state. (laughs) But then they just see things from your perspective. That they should die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, so then they just put the gun in their mouth immediately. (laughs) They would be like, you're right. Like, Secret Service agent, give me your sidearm. So, um, Trillian is captured by the Vogons as they depart, and uh, Ford, Zapod, and Arthur mount a rescue effort on the Vogon homeworld. Before her rescue, Trillian learns that Zapod signed the order for the destruction of Earth himself. Yeah, but inadvertently, he thought he was signing an autograph. Yeah, yeah, uh, thinking that yeah, he was just signing an autograph <laughs> yeah. for a Vogon, which yeah. was pretty, pretty funny. Yeah, and this just uh, shows that he's just like a fucking bimbo, or himbo. Him, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was thinking, like, as I was, like, I just looked up, like, you know, Zach, Sam Rockwell is perfect at playing himbos. Yeah, like, like in Moon, he's kind of a himbo. Yeah, and uh, Three Billboards outside of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, great he's, film. Yeah, Three Billboards, he's, like, just a himbo cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yeah. a complete moron. Yeah, he's, he's very good at it. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, the group escapes the Vogons, uh, followed by Galactic Vice President uh, Questular Rontok and the Vogons. They arrive at Magrathia, but Trigger is automated defense systems, so they're being chased by missiles now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arthur reactivates the improbability drive to transform the missiles into a bowl of petunias and a whale. <laughs> this was one of the funnier moments for me. Yeah, yeah, and this is like one of the funnier moments in the book too, I'd say. Yeah. Like the the whale scene is very funny. A lot of people actually have like tattoos of the whale and stuff. Oh, really? The whale in the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the the whale is pil- played by none other than Bill Bailey. Oh, uh, really? Yes, yeah, so I think mm. Scottish comedian Bill Bailey. Oh, nice. Yeah, like the whole the, like the whale's um like commentary inside its head like Yeah, of like, oh, What's that coming up close to me? I'm it's alive. a new friend. I I'm think alive. I'll call it ground. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, ground. <laughs> Splat. I'm alive. This is a tale? Yeah. yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It's got to just sad, too, because he instantly just, like, splats. But Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, but it, it, him, you know, him turning, the, the missiles turning into a whale uh, allows them to land safely on the planet as mm. the whale splats. I actually thought like the improbability drive was going to come in handy at the end, um, restoring life on Earth. 
that would make sense in a way, but that's yeah. very improbable as well. It's, uh, but, but all but, of this is improbable. But it's all improbable. Everything's improbable, baby. That's why I was just like, oh, that's how they're going to undo the Earth or something. Like, mm-hmm. but, like or undo like Redo the, Vo- the Earth. Or, yeah, yeah, undo the Vogan's damage. They're going uh-huh. to. It was going to pop out of existence again as Earth, and it was going to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But nothing's ever the same, baby. Nothing's ever the same. Um, so Zapid, Ford, and Trillian enter a portal to arrive at Deep Thought. Though Arthur and Marvin are stranded outside the portal. Mm. They learn from Deep Thought that after coming up with the answer 42, its creators had Deep Thought design another computer to come up with the question that the answer to is 42. And that computer is earth <laughs> big reveal this was kind of the big reveal in the book and it, uh, was, yeah. it was it was actually pretty fun mm-hmm. I, I i like this and it kept it going you know mm-hmm. kept kept it uh, interesting answer all of life's mysteries on earth mm-hmm. so they recover the point of view gun though trillian uses it on zapod to show him her resentment for his accidental destruction of earth mm-hmm. they are captured then by forces unknown meanwhile on magrathea Arthur is met by Slardabartfast, one of the planet's builders. Slardabartfast takes Arthur to a pocket dimension outside the planet where he shows that a new version of Earth is near completion. So mm-hmm. they're, they're rebuilding Earth. You know, they're making good on stuff. Slardabartfast yeah. takes Arthur to his recreated home where inside... The others are enjoying a feast provided by the pan-dimensional beings who commissioned Arthur's original Earth and who resembles a pair of mice. Little white mice. So now it's revealed that, uh, in fact, the smartest beings on Earth are mice. Mm -hmm. Uh, With Arthur, who was in Earth up until his last minutes, the mice think they can discover the question by removing his brain (laughs) because he was one of the last people from Earth remaining. Mm -hmm. Arthur manages to escape and crush the mice under a teapot, and they disappear without a trace. And they're revealed to be those little little children that asked the question mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah, yeah, they are. So, yeah. so the mice are running everything. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That seems like it's you know mice quotation marks right, right. are running everything. Sure, mice have big <laughs> noses and tails, mm-hmm. and they eat garbage. <laughs> We know who you're talking about, Douglas Adams. Yeah, famous, yeah. Fam- yeah, I mean, you know, a British guy wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brit. We all know British is code for anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. Just look at Jeremy Corbyn. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Corbyn, anti-Semite. <laughs> That's a joke. We, yeah. I hate the Labour Party for what they did to Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know. He was right about everything. Mm-hmm. About fucking everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to foreign policy with Israel. Yeah. So, uh, suddenly, uh, Questular and the Vogons arrive outside the home of Arthur and open fire with a shot hitting Marvin. The group takes shelter in a caravan, but Marvin reboots and uses the point of view gun to make the entire Vogan force too depressed to continue fighting. <laughs> And this was pretty fun. This, yeah, uh, I liked was, it. It's in it. It gives Marvin a bigger role because they didn't use him a lot in this film. They didn't. They they basically leave him behind a lot. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll bring Marvin with you. But yeah, yeah Marvin he's, Marvin's a cute character. Yeah, he's kind of like, okay, I guess I'll you know, of course you're going to take my arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, you're going to take my penis. I guess I don't <laughs> need it anyway. I don't fuck at all. Yeah. I was I also was wondering if, like, because he, he does, when they first introduce Marvin, he talks about how big his brain is. Oh. Was, and is that why he's, like, depressed is because he is he so smart. He knows too much. He yeah. knows too smart. And yet, yeah, he's too smart, so he, he's depressed because of it. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's definitely why. <laughs> that's why all people are depressed is because they know too much. <laughs> yeah. The you know the show the man who knew too much. Mm. It's about a depressed guy. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the Vogans are taken away while Zapid reunites with Questular. Arthur decides instead of staying at his new home to explore the galaxy with Ford and Trillian, allowing Stardabart Flask to finalize the new Earth without him. The Heart of Gold crew decides to visit the restaurant at the end of the universe, and they blast away. And that's the fucking movie. Not that anyone's going to listen to me anyway, but the restaurant at the end of the universe is in the other direction. Yeah. I got a little last little comment by... Yeah, by Marvin. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so what did you think of this movie? Did you think it was groovy? You know, I liked it. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff moved very fast mm-hmm. for me because, like, it's it is like they do have a lot of lore. It seems to go over. They do, and, uh, so. and that's that's the thing is like they did what they could with the narration. And Stephen mm-hmm. Fry was great as the narrator, but the book itself is so like fourth wall breaking and narrative heavy that mm. they couldn't have possibly like fit all of the explanations and definitions and world building mm. that they had in the book into this and so it's much better i think in in that for that reason it's like a mini series yeah it sounds like it also it like yeah with all the narration it would be interesting if it was kind of set up like a um um mm-hmm. like a richard attenborough type um like uh series you know just like some you know someone like observing like the, their behavior mm-hmm. and like a richard attenborough type character obser- like commenting on it mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I like, you know, I, 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 uh, I felt it moved kind of fast a little bit parts, but more or less I liked it. Like it did seem like, you know, it did seem like they probably had like an intention to make the other movies into the other books into films probably because they introduced like John, John Malkovich's character and he, mm-hmm. he, there's no resolution with him at all. Mm-hmm. Like he's seen, kind of seen as cause they introduced the, cause they take, go out, go out of the way to introduce like the religion he's part of mm-hmm. and, and establish that he is like part of this, you know, he, he seems like he is a threat to them. Cause does he make an appearance in these books? Oh, uh-huh. uh, John Malkovich's character. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the books. Uh, but I mean, like later. Oh, on. later in the books, I don't recall because he. Seems, I don't recall much. He seems of like the uh, sequels because he seems like he is set up as a secondary antagonist almost, mm-hmm. and and then we don't see him again. Like they get the gun, and then like they use the gun, and they don't have they don't return the gun to him. And he, yeah, and it, like it's, it's much more of a book narrative structure than a movie narrative yeah. structure, in that like the climax doesn't happen until like the very end of the third act. Yeah. You know, but like, and also they don't get Zaphoid's head back, his second head. True. True. Like, and because they never returned that gun to, to mm-hmm. John Malkovich. So it's like, so I thought that was kind of like, I felt like that was a huge kind of like detour that takes place in the, in halfway through the movie that's never resolved. Hmm. And I was like, okay, well I, I'm assuming like, Oh, if, Maybe if they had that intention to fully make the entire series, like maybe that was something they're going to come back to. But 
as a, as a movie watcher that where only one film has been released in 20 years like that seems kind of like a kind of like sucks and it kind of sucks it's kind of weird because the movie made back double its budget which is not a bomb by any means mm-hmm. it's like a success financially i can see it being very confusing to a lot of like um just average moviegoers right like there's a lot because they do cover I me mean, like i i'm someone who has not read the books mm-hmm. and like you know i kind of like picked up on a lot of what they were putting down but it just seems like i felt i missed a lot because i hadn't read right. the books and uh, apparently the producers stated the movie was not a literal translation of the books mm-hmm. uh but all of the new ideas in the movie and the characters came from douglas adams mm-hmm. who uh like wrote a treatment for this before he died and like um uh jack kerouac and ginsburg went through and put them yeah. all together yeah <laughs> douglas adams was on a whole bunch of brandy at the yeah, time yeah. uh down in Cause, panama because he was dead when this was released right i believe so yeah. yeah yeah and so the hired writer simply came aboard to improve the story structure and make the screenplay a little more coherent mm, and okay. like an actual screenplay mm. um so according to the dvd commentary the animators who originally created the animated guide entries would originally occasionally sneak in hidden in jokes into their animations that were deemed too inappropriate for a family movie and had to be removed (laughs) one of these jokes which wasn't removed is an animation explaining the babblefish and how a farmer becomes repulsed when he learns that a cow is somewhat aroused by being milked i can see that i can see that being arousing for a cow Mm mm-hmm just like getting milked. Yeah, I mean, having your titties played with. That's <laughs> what it is. Having your titties played with, yeah. yeah. Which is it's kind of funny. Yeah, little, yeah, I mean, that was a funny little part. Yeah, I would have liked, um, I would have liked, as you know, it's called Hitchhikers in the Universe, of the, of, across the galaxy or whatever. Hitchhikers across the galaxy or whatever. I would have liked more hitchhiking. Yeah, more hitchhiking. Th- there's a lot more hitchhiking in the other oh, okay, books. Yeah. And there's actually more hitchhiking in the first book mm. uh, that they don't really do quite as much. Yeah, of. I mean, they don't they have a lot to a lot of ground to cover. And it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like, you know, I think what the movie is like, you know, a little more than 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that's because it did move by very quickly. Yeah. And the, I mean, it helped that everyone in the movie was very high energy. Yeah, it was very high energy. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, everyone put in a good performance, I thought. Mm-hmm. Like the it's a powerhouse cast and no one is calling it in. Yeah, because like they got to go to a lot of different um, um, set pieces a lot. Like because I we got to go to this planet now. I got to go to this mm-hmm. planet. So yeah, just um, it it felt very fast. But yeah, I mean I would have liked if there was like a guaranteed like at least trilogy or whatever where mm-hmm. they could have let some ideas marinate a little longer and to you know fully absorb them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, the movie was actually first optioned in 1982 by Ivan Reitman. Mm. And uh, then the two guys who went on to do Ghostbusters. Uh, Douglas Adams wrote three drafts of the screenplay as per his contract. Uh, During the time, the producers were considering Bill Murray or Dan Aykroyd to play Ford Prefect. Mm. But instead, they got the script to Ghostbusters and made that instead. (laughs) Which is awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I can see, yeah, I can see like any of them playing like the Ford Prefect character. Like I like, I love um, what's his name now, Yasin Bay. Yeah, yeah, Yasin Bay. I, like he does. I thought he did an excellent job. Mm-hmm. Like he, he definitely like has that sort of. He, he also kind of does like a like almost a very strange accent at times. He does, and he does that in a couple other films too. And it's yeah. it's interesting. Like mm-hmm. 
he just he makes a lot of decisions and kind of sticks with them for a while and yeah. I, I like that um yeah i also I, I also like how well like snappily dressed both him and sam rockwell are in this yeah like, yeah they they definitely have a cool style to them it's like cool a little st- alien but very also human in a, a a fun way which i liked because like when i was watching it like i was thinking to myself like you know it's like you know obviously like it's you know it's a farce it's a satire mm-hmm. uh, i was saying like you know oh like a lot of like the fashion you know almost like too much of the fashion is like represented in the alien cultures that are very very earth yeah but then like the fact that like earth was created as a as an experiment mm-hmm. as a way to uh, get the question so it's like earth is like actually like a product of you know like these alien cultures like the alien cultures actually rep- like influenced earth mm-hmm. so yeah. it's just like so actually these influ- these influences are actually like alien where we think they have them as earth so i like mm-hmm. that a lot so yeah. i'm thinking about that i was like oh yeah so i guess like this is just like a massive computer program for <laughs> for these aliens so of course like we mm-hmm. represent we- shut the fuck up <laughs> so, so yeah it makes sense that like yeah it's actually alien influences yeah yeah so uh, somewhere in the development hell for this movie, because it was mm. stuck in development hell for 23 years. Jesus. Um, Douglas Adams insisted that it uh, probably wouldn't ever be made. <laughs> uh, just prior to his death, a deal was almost in place with Jay Roach directing, who did uh, Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery, <laughs> as well as Trumbo, which is actually a pretty good film. Oh, I didn't know he did Trumbo. Yeah, which is strange. Yeah, Trumbo, Trumbo's good. yeah. yeah. Um, and it would have starred Hugh Laurie as Arthur, mm. which would have actually been a great casting decision. I could totally see I, him in that role. I, you know what? I would have loved Hugh. Uh, Hugh Laurie is hilarious. Yeah. And, like, I would have loved, uh, that would have made a lot of sense. I would like that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's several people, I think, who would have been really good in that role, but Hugh Laurie is a really good decision. He's really good, especially what Avenue 5. Like, he's mm-hmm. very good at playing, yeah. like, just very exasperated, like, you know, out of his element type characters. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think he would have done really excellent in that role. Also uh, slated on that ticket was Jim Carrey as Zappa <laughs> Bebo oh! which would have honestly made a lot of sense. I think he would have actually probably done good in the role. Uh, he could have also been really fucking annoying. I, I think he would have done a good job. I mm-hmm. think, I think like, you know, I, he, Jim Carrey, I think, is always very successful in the roles he plays, and I think he would have done really good in that. But I do, I do love Sam Rockwell. I think he did. Sam Rockwell is like perfect in the role. I yeah. think I would have liked more Sam Rockwell too myself. Yeah, and if they would have made more movies, he would have been in there more. He's at least in the second book a whole lot, from mm. what I recall. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would like because I like that. Yeah, I like the part where he's wearing like the um, the brain helmet. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. getting, he has to get, he has to get, brain. Ju- he has to get juiced. Mm-hmm. And so they have getting keep, juice with the brain helmet. <laughs> yeah. They have to keep juicing him. I like that. Yeah. There's, yeah I like it. Like the costuming and everything in this was excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think I also read, like, I guess of all the, all the outfits, like the, the, um, the bathrobe was actually the most expensive one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is very interesting. Cause like, cause yeah, like. Zaphoy goes through multiple costume changes. Yeah, yeah, and they're all like, pretty fabulous. Like, like uh, Ford pretty much wears the same thing throughout. Which yeah, is, the which brown is, jacket and stuff, which makes sense for his character. Which is an ex. I, I loved his outfit. I mm. thought it was really. I thought it was really good. Like, I liked it when he took the jacket off. You could see like um, mm. his vest and stuff underneath. I like that was a really cool look. And like, I loved all of Zaphoy's looks too. Like, 
every single time he changes outfits, I was very into, was very into what he was wearing, mm-hmm. and because they're all very loud and very strange. Yeah. And um, no, it was it was great. I loved every, what everyone was wearing. Like, actually, it's funny because like. It really doesn't get too much out interesting outfits is Zoe, <laughs> like Trillion. She doesn't wear. That's true, and I, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. In that, like, it's not like overly objectifying the female lead. Yeah, or but, overly sexualizing. But like, her every, but great. everyone is, else gets to wear really cool stuff, and that's true. And, she, and she's just kind of wearing. Like, I mean, Arthur doesn't wear a ton of cool stuff. No, Arthur. I mean, his, his the Earthlings his, don't wear a ton of cool. No, stuff. No, like the but but his bathrobe's pretty iconic, I guess. Like, sure, sure. And um, but yeah, like they. They don't really get to wear too much cool stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess yeah, there's more of the aliens get to be more loud and fashionable and cool mm-hmm. looking. As you'd expect them to be. As you'd expect, yeah. Even John John Malkovich. Oh, he's got a cool look. Yeah. Yeah, guy. I was really into his whole thing because he's just yeah. a torso with lots of with a million little robot legs. Right. And, I mean, his whole thing, his <laughs> and holographic acting, eyes. I just love John Malkovich's acting. I can't, can't yeah. put exactly. Like, he over enunciates things just enough to where I know that he's capital <laughs> A acting at all yeah. times. It's so. <laughs> He's like, oh God, he's like, he's like such an elevated community theater actor and he's so good at it that like, I don't know, he like, he doesn't blend into his roles. Like you always know it's John Malkovich. Mm Mm-hmm. At the same time, you like believe that he's another character. Yeah, he is who he says he is. Yeah, and, like that's why I, I, I thought I was I was surprised that after their initial meeting, because mm-hmm. like I saw that he, when he was introduced as like he was in, like Zaphoid's like um, 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 uh, opponent during the election. Yeah, like it showed a quick flash of him, like oh John Malkovich, sweet that because I saw his name during the pre the, during the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ooh, what kind of role is he going to play? And when they introduce him, I'm like, ooh, I'm into this. And mm-hmm. then, like, he just disappears. <laughs> so, but that's just like trying to think, okay, like, afterwards, like, I, I was like, okay, they definitely set this up for a sequel that never happened. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I mean, yeah, the the whole thing is like at the very end, they're like, we're going to the restaurant at the end of the galaxy, which is the, which is the next book, right? Yeah, yeah, the restaurant yeah. at the end of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, kind of meta, like saying we're going to the next book mm-hmm. and or the next film. It, it's just like the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where they're like, "We're in Wonka's elevator." <laughs> yeah. and it's like, yeah, because the fucking second book is about Wonka's elevator. Yeah, but yeah, was, I would have. It would have been nice to see a second film, but oh well, Kesarasara. Yeah, I mean, it's never going to happen now. You know, it's almost no. been 20 years. It's been 20 years. If Everyone's... anything, they might reboot the entire series. I think it would be great to reboot it as a miniseries made by, like, yeah. BBC3 or some and, shit. And it's funny, even though it is 20 years old, like, all the special effects look stand up pretty well. No, they do. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And I think a good part, of, a big part of that is, like, they're, like, largely comedic special mm-hmm. effects. In the same way that, like, Galaxy Quest stands yeah. up really well because... Mm-hmm. They don't need to be like incredibly impressive special effects, although they they look good still. Yeah, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like yeah, it would be great, easy to make another one. Like you know, see who they put in, put in the roles. Yeah, who would you cast in a modern uh, version of this? Who's hot right now? Who's who's even an actor? <laughs> you know, I guess Timothy Chalamet would be in there somewhere. <laughs> probably. Uh, Zendaya would probably be Zendaya uh, Trillion. Trillion. You know. Yeah, but Zendaya's Trillion. Uh, fucking uh, Pete Davidson is Evan Beeble, bro. <laughs> God, that, oh yeah. Okay, this is. I think we should stop talking because this is, this is like someone's writing this down. Some like movie executive guy is like going like, "That's perfect." Yeah, because yeah, I think yeah, Pete Davidson would be a good uh, Zaphoid. He's, he's a no, good he himbo. wouldn't. He's a good himbo. I think. 
But I mean, it, he's a good himbo, but he's not good at acting. He's he's like no. objectively very bad, and he only can play himself. Yeah, did you is see, the thing. He doesn't have energy. He's no. so low fucking energy. He is. And Zappet Beeblebrox needs a high energy <laughs> motherfucker to play him. Like I could see, um, um, I don't know, uh, who uh, who was the other guy, um, fucking oh, on uh, on oh hello. Who wasn't? Uh, oh, uh, John McCulley or not? John, not 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 John Mulaney. John um, Mulaney, not him. The other Nick guy. Kroll. Nick Kroll. I yeah. could I could actually see him pulling it off pretty well. He's pretty mm. good at multiple characters. Yes, um, and he has a nine eleven connection. He does have a nine eleven, <laughs> just like Pete Davidson. <laughs> just like Pete Davidson. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Except they're at opposite ends. Like Pete Davidson's dad died in nine eleven, and Nick Kroll's dad helped do nine eleven. Hell yeah! <laughs> we love to hear it. Oh, uh, yeah, they would be at odds with each other. I wonder if they've ever been in the same room together. Yeah, one must wonder. Oh, fuck. What? You know who would be great as Zaphoid? Who's that? Matt Barry. Matt motherfucking Barry. He would be good at anything. He's he, so funny at he, Like, I think he would be uh, He would be really fucking funny just like as, you know, like over, his over-enunciation. He's another over-enunciator, so. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I would love that. You know who would actually, I think, be great as Arthur? Mm. It's Tim Heidecker. <laughs> that would be really good, yeah. Yeah, because he, he plays so like a clueless guy pretty well. Wouldn't that be a British actor, though? No. Yeah. It's not fucking James Bond. You don't need a British actor. <laughs> Come on. Well, it takes place in England. It doesn't have That's to. That's why I was like, I was like, what, I was like the what is, location, what is uh, Zoe the location doing doesn't, is not important. Yeah. Yeah, because she's American, and she's in Britain for some mm, reason. For some reason. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, re- recast. Uh, use the same cast as this, but cast a Star Trek TOS film. Who's in it? Who plays who? Well, obviously, like uh, Sam Rockwell, Captain. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, for like um, uh, Yasin Bey would be a good Spock. Spock, yeah, great absolutely. Spock. Yeah. Like, um, uh, oh, uh, um, Martin Freeman would be a good Scotty. I was gonna say Scotty. I was, <laughs> that's actually what got me thinking about this. I was walking back from the store. I'm like, yeah, man, fucking Martin Freeman would actually have been a great Scotty. At some yeah, point. he would have been really good. But yeah. Like, um, uh, of course, I guess, like, Zoe Deschanel, mm-hmm. you know, she'd be, she'd either be a good Troy type character, I think, you yeah, know. Troy's not on TOS. Uh, if we're, or, I thought we were just doing general. So, so I guess she would have to be Uhura. <laughs> she could be Chapel. She could be Chapel. Yeah. You don't have to take roles from black actors. <laughs> no. But I was saying, like, there are not a lot of female roles in TOS. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they do have lots of female. They have lots of gender roles in yes. TOS. Yeah. Mm. Gender roles. Um, yeah. Mm, so mm, gender roles. Mm, so tasty with butter. <laughs> butter gender roles. Um, that's my favorite dinner roll. It's a gender mm. roll. Gendered roll. Gendered roll. <laughs> I got. I like that roll with them titties and a big dick. This roll has he they energy. Hell yeah. <laughs> he they of the day dinner rolls. Mm, oh yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a hot little guy dinner roll. Hot little guy. Hot little guy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think that's a good place for us to leave it. Yeah. 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 I gotta take a piss. Yeah. Would you recommend this film? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, uh, I liked. I actually kind of want to read the go back and read the books now. You like, should. You should definitely read at least. I think like the first three books are. Pretty yeah, because like now it's just like now I got that hunger in me. I need mm-hmm. to know how it ends. Just like how I like I end up. Or you could watch the series too. I think the series covers oh. all the books. Okay, yeah. yeah, watch the series. Yeah. Is that on your Plex server? Yeah, it's up on there. Hell's yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I'd give this a good solid 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's not great. It's no. it's an okay adaptation of the book. I'd, I'd recommend reading the book more. Yeah, I feel it's something I want to sit with more. Mm-hmm. And like I did feel it move too fast because it's like, yeah, you have to introduce a whole entire lore. And, yeah, you can't like, just boof this book. You can't just boof this book. Like, mm. there's too much lore. There's too much history. There's too much. The characters are too characters are too cool the characters you know i don't even did it even get into how ford got his name uh i think kind of because like uh, he's trying to shake that the, right the right because he thought that the the cars are like the leaders of the planet but yeah like they're, but he, they're the dominant in, species and he goes into length about how like yeah because of that he went like with ford ford prefect and there mm-hmm. was like a ford perfect or something like that mm-hmm. at the time so mm. yeah cool yep yeah all right well, we go. Uh, well, thanks for checking with the soy boys, girls, and Woodley beans. Hang dong and shocker.